DJ Monte, how you feeling today, man? Oh, I'm here to get it. Okay. Yeah. Say say that again. DJ Monte, how you feeling today, man? Man, I'm pretty pretty good, man. How you feeling? Hey, I'm good, man. I'm. It's always a good time when I'm able to talk with you, man. It's it's been a little minute since we we were able to do this again, so I'm always happy to do that, man. Oh yeah, hey yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Not curse first of all, because I be cussing. So hey, I man, no, no, it's all good, man. Yeah. Okay, okay, cool, cool, it's, it's cool. It's all good, man. I appreciate it. Um, so, bro, we just we here to talk about you, man, and your career, and you know, hopefully, get, you know, get some good questions in, and we go from there, man. So, hey, hit me with. Okay, well, dog, let's let's start, man. Um, you know, before we even get into how you got in the game, man, let's talk a little bit about your upbringing. Like, I know you grew up on the, you know, the south side, you know, off Cascade in that area. Man, what was it like growing up, you know, on that side of town? And, you know, who were some of the people that you kind of admired musically growing up, you know, on the way, you know, on the south side? Um, growing up on that side of town, Swats area, it, it really wasn't bad. You know what I'm saying? I was just a small little suburb area. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was cool. I grew up listening to just the radio and Sneaking tapes in my mom's car. She was had NWA and Uncle Luke and all that kind of. She had like she didn't know where it came from, but <laughs> yeah, she had all that stuff in the car, you know. So that turned me on to rap. And then I used to listen to like Kizzy Rock, J Team, them mixtapes. And then I got introduced to like some DJ Jelly. That's what really inspired me to want to just DJ all the way out. When I heard a DJ Jelly mixtape, I already was into it because I had a drum machine at nine, but I was just, I don't know, it was just in me, man, to, to be honest with you, just to want to do all that. So you had already, uh, before you had even got to, you know, listening to DJ Jelling them, you already listened to the J-Team stuff, too. So you were just, in, you were just embedded in the culture of mixtapes. Yeah, because, you know, back then, that's how you, you know, <clears throat> you grew up off of that kind of stuff. I used to go to the flea markets with my godmother or my mom. She would take me to a flea market, and I'd just get some tapes, and I'd go home and just, Rock out to them, listen to them in my headphones, you know, my Walkman or whatever. And, um, yeah, and that just, that was just, you know, I, I want to say I'm like a student of the game. I used to study, I studied all of it. So, yeah, it's just, I've been around for some, you know, good, good little bit of music. Man, you've been around a little bit of everybody, man. And, um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I talked with uh, Jelly the other day. He kind of was explaining you know, how, you know, how he met you. So mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you, so is that how it started? You you kind of saw him at Greenbrier and just was like, man, bro, I love your stuff. Can, can I work with you? Like, how did that yeah. go? Yeah, well, uh, it really started off with uh, um Sister Kim, you know, and uh, Be Real, I was begging them to let them hear my tape. So they were like, man, can y'all please listen to this boy? And so jelly. <laughs> I saw him, I was like, man, let me do, you know, let me come kick it with you. So then, you know, one day they gave me a, you know, Jelly had called me at the crib. You know, like, man, I want you to come DJ party. Let me see what you got. And so I pulled up. I was 15, man, and he just let me rock out. Mind you, I didn't know what I was doing. So he just still showed me the ropes. Like he still knew I didn't know what I was doing, but that was love right there. Mm -hmm. So. Man, I remember hearing you talk about the interview where uh, y'all pulled up to a high school uh, yeah, put That's it right school. there. That's when he called me. He called me at 15. I was going to a high school party. 
And man, when I tell you, I did not know. And I just thought I was just there chilling, you know, seeing him rock out, seeing what he do. Man, I let the record go all the way to the end. He was like, come on, come on, man, come on. I was like, man, I'm sitting right there just trying to figure it out. But I just stayed determined to want to just continue to do it. And Jelly just put me through hell trying to just so he could <laughs> come. <laughs> trying to get there. Yeah. He, he put me through it just so I can get there, just to see how dedicated I was. And, you know, here I am. I was, I wanted it. I wanted it bad. Okay, man, I know it's going to sound like a crazy question, but, man, how important has he been to your career? How important has Jelly been to my career? Man, very important. You know, um, first of all, he had to do what he did for me, you know, just to show me everything that he knew. You know what I'm saying? He had to do that. He just didn't have to let me be over there as a kid after school, you know, just learning stuff. He didn't have to do, he didn't know me from nowhere, but he just gave me a chance, man. And that was just all I needed. And I appreciate him and thank him every day. So right now we just still be doing stuff for each other to this day. So yeah, it, it's very important. He didn't have to let me in and he let me in and everybody else just did the same thing. And thanks to MC Assault and um, Starving Marvin too and Be Real and Kim, all them. It's just a collective. The one just jelly, it was just everybody just took me in as a because I was a kid so they took me in like I was just a little bro so they ain't had to do it and I'm glad you mentioned them because I, I was just going to ask you about that man so you got the I guess you got the DJ you learned the, the DJ and fine points from Jelly but mm-hmm. production it sounded like it was MC Assault, Freddie B and all them that also helped you in that role too yeah man it was uh it, I'm, you know what? I'm still add jelly to it because he had his AR, ASR keyboards, ASR like a sampling keyboard. He let me play with it when Oakman let me come to the studio. So he just, he just like here mess with it. So I was just messing with it, you know, just sampling records, seeing if I can make a beat, and that's how me and Baby D were making records. And then we finally was able to go over there to the studio, big on records, and Fred was over there. And he and like like what he was using so i was learning different stuff so so yeah man it was a collective of everybody i'm just like a big pot of gumbo right now i took in information from everything hey so that that makes me wonder because you you asked about because you mentioned it too man when you and baby d were going in the club you weren't much older than him were you (laughs) nah he was just a year older than me what you mean i wasn't much older than him he was older he older than me he got yeah, you by your day. Yeah, yeah, you're older than me. So it's like, shit, you know, we both were going to the clubs, John. You know what I'm saying? Now, but we kicked it like every day. You know, they're still my partner. So, so yeah. when you guys were like, when you were making the records that y'all were making, you know, like, and I'm saying production wise too, you know, how, I guess, how long had you been in the game when you first started like producing? Like your first record, but what was your first record? I know your first like major placement, but what was the first record you produced for? Um? Hmm. Was it a baby that's, record? <laughs> that's the thing. I was just on. I was. I had. I was hands on with a lot of stuff. You know, but as far as like production wise, I think it was like I want to say back up. 
with Baby D or something like that. Yeah, I could see that. And East Side, West Side remix. It, I don't know what came first because it was all happening so fast, but all that was just a part. I don't, I, yeah. I don't, I don't think, no, nah, I didn't do nothing on Sammy Sam. It might have been intoxicated. Get him. Because I had something to do with that with Fred. Me and Fred produced that together. So I think that might have been the first one. And it was a single. Okay. Man, so. so and walk it, walk it, talk it. Yeah, I was going to just say that would probably be it too. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, because that was on Intoxicated album, I think. But, yep. And I don't know. They, I'm glad you asked me because I that was, that's. <laughs> in a minute, bro. You've been in there. Yeah, because you got to think, we were working on all that stuff together. You know what I'm saying? We always in the studio day in, day out. You know what I'm saying? With mixtapes, with working in the flea markets, with all that kind of stuff. So we was just doing stuff. And I just be forgetting when stuff happened. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, so Monte, let me ask you this then. When y'all were making, you know, when y'all were making the music that y'all were making it big on, did y'all know that it was just different than anything else that was going on in the city? We knew it because we were in a club and we saw it. People didn't understand, a lot of people didn't understand it, you know what I'm saying? Especially like New Yorkers or out of town people didn't understand it because we were in the clubs like every weekend. You know what I'm saying? When something was going on, me and Baby D might go to the high school party then pop up at 559 or something like we, we was out like all day. You know, that was a good part about me being young. I was just able to be out without no girlfriend or none of that. Just, we was just out having fun. And that's what it was. It was fun. So, man, the records we had, we wasn't nobody having it right then. And Atlanta just had all kind of stuff. But today's music just kind of expanded and make it a little better than what we had. So. It just builds on what y'all. I didn't. Just, I didn't think it was gonna be as big as like I sound with the carried on to now. To be honest with you, no, I didn't think that. Man. So man, before I ask you about that, I, I wanted to ask this because you always mentioned it. Your mom really didn't have no problem with you going out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my mom. I don't even think she knew I was in clubs like that. You know what I'm saying? She just knew I was over there, and she just trusted that. Hey, they got them, and so. You know, she just she just let go. You know what I'm saying? As long as I checked in with her, let her know I was okay, then she was all right with it. Like to be honest with you, that was just like God. She don't she don't know why she did it. To the day, she still don't know why she did it. But it ended up working out for us. It helped change our life, so it was all good. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Mm-hmm. So let me ask this. I know, or let me let me say let me not say I know, but them franchise boys, suckers come and try me. That was your first placement. First big one, yeah, on a major label. Yeah. How did you uh how did you link with them? Because I know y'all from did y'all go to the same school together? Y'all from the same side of town? Like how did y'all um, yeah, we all from the same side of town. They all went to do it. I went to do it too. And um Aunt was real cool with them, you know, but I knew them because of you know me DJing and stuff. So we was just all cool just because of some industry stuff. And then um Aunt was like, sure, I wanna get they a part of their song and just make it into a hook. And we did it. And it ended up being on their album too, which went gold. Yeah, I remember, man. That was that's I like that beat. That was one of my favorite off that project. 
Man, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I'm going to ask you about some of the songs that people don't talk about a lot, but I loved them, and I didn't realize. I would always hear the Uncapped Tag, but I didn't realize you you might have had a role in them. Crime Mob. Put your mm. hands up. Was that mm-hmm. you? I forgot, because which song? Don't put the hands yeah. up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because we did one on their first album, too, Fred, me and Fred. And um, we did one on their first album, their second album. Yeah. Crime Mob. How did y'all, how did you get connected with Crime Mob? Because they really just built on the legacy that you and Baby D made, man. Um, I got with them because I was one of the people that really just believed in their song. And I was breaking a record in the club. You know, back then it wasn't all these clubs and one all these DJs like like it is now. You know what I'm saying? Like you got lounges and everything. But I was just one of the people that just took their song and just made it go over the top. And they linked up with Lil John and, and you know, the rest was history from there. But I believe I always believed in songs like that. That's how I heard little scrappy, trivia, like I had hands on just pushing that record out there. And so they just showed love. They came back and like, hey, we got to get you on the album. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And that's how that worked out. Okay. Um, Lil Flip, we ain't playing. Oh, shit. Yeah. That was, <laughs> um, that was an old hook that um, Blasky, we all had in the studio. Me and Fred put like, you know, just some a beat over it. Flip came in because you know, like I say, we we you know we did another song too called Ho Check with Little Flip on it and Lil John. Mm. But it was just we had a big stamp in the city, you know what I'm saying? So you had to come see us to break a record, you had to come. So we built up a lot of relationships with artists. Flip was like, hell yeah, I do it, you know. Shoot, then we got it. He did that verse for us, and then we did a, a beat for his album like a swap out type thing. And so that ended up being on the second, the second disc. It was a two disc album and that was on the second one. Damn. And um, I'm going I'm to circle back real quick because I ain't ask you this when suckers come and try me. How mm-hmm. did that change your life after that record? Um, That was just like a big placement for me. Like as far as changing my life, as far as pocket and money wise, like, it really didn't. You know what I'm saying? That was just a startup of me getting a placement with, you know what I'm saying, trying to get Unk out there because that was back then there wasn't nobody else but me and Unk. So that was just like a priority of just getting Unk out there. And when it, we both found that it was a placement on the album, we was excited. So then, you know, we just kept it moving. We kept doing stuff for like, um, you know, his project, kept building up that catalog and just, you know, because we didn't really get paid off. It wasn't no radio hit, but it was a good album cut, so. Okay. Um, question: Before we even get to, before we get into this, walk it out. How did how did DJ Unk become? Well, how did you even get to know DJ Unk, and how did he get? You know, did you have a role in Unk? You know, coming to big on records. Uh, actually, Lil C, um, had introduced us. You know, cause they went to high school. They was in the same grade together. I think. Gotcha. And then, um, you know, he introduced us, he came to the club and I was like, shoot, you know, i show you some stuff. So then, you know, he came a part of being a DJ, a Southern DJ. We showed him how to make mixtapes and everything like that. And then um, he started doing freestyles on, you know, he was like, shoot, I rap. I'm like, what should you start breaking yourself, getting people familiar with 
your sound on mixtapes. And so that's what he did. You know, and the rest was history then. You know, um, we had a deal on the table. A group didn't want it. They didn't accept the offer. Um, we're like, shit, I'll do it. That's how we end up started working on his project. Damn. Man, when you made the beat for Walk It Out, did you think that it was going to be what it was going to be? Man, that beat was like three years old, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I had did that just at the crib. I like the beat so much, but I just I just did that at the crib, just having some fun. You know what I'm saying? Making the beat. I was laying on the floor with the keyboard and made it. And um, nah, I didn't think it was going to be like that. To be honest with you, I like the beat. Everybody else was picking the beat, but, you know, we just end up making Walk It Out. And that's what that how it went. And him and MC Assault just took that record and just wrote a, a masterpiece. It's really lasting. Test of time right now. It's gonna stand the test of time, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As I teach still walking out, and I'm like, damn, that's crazy that y'all. Yeah, man. I'm talking about that thing still going. Yeah, man, TikTok would have been around, but that's a, that's another combo. <laughs> I'm you know what though? I'm kind of glad that it wasn't because it's like it wouldn't have lasted longer. I feel that. You know what I'm saying? Like, TikTok, you got, like, yeah, it's TikTok, you got a good month. And then they moving on to the next thing. But, shoot, with our record, we, you, you can let that thing ride on that. It's become, like, it's going to stay around as long as, like, cookout songs be, man. Like, that's Yeah, I'm kind of glad that it wasn't no social media because the only way you had to hear it was either you buy it. Or radio. Or, uh, or radio, yeah, and that's or YouTube too, yeah, it was yeah. YouTube. And then if you wanted to see the video, you had to go to BET and all that kind of stuff. Dang. So, yeah. Okay. Um. Before I get into walking out in two step, what was it like working with Shotty Low? Man, Shotty Low was a cool dude, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just me and him was always cool. He wanted to do it too. You know what I'm saying? But I just knew of him. At high school, I always heard Shiloh's name. I ain't never knew I was gonna be working with him, but like I say, it's just me having hands on records in Atlanta, which connected everybody together. You know what I'm saying? I broke a lot of West Side records. You know, a lot of them started in the pool paddles with T-Rock, but then I took them to the East Side. So it's like we spreading that record out and I took it to the radio. So I was able to do like, so they knew me for doing it. So. You know, um, Charlotte hit me up like, man, send me some beats. Come drop some a CD off. Drop the CD off. When I, I ain't never heard from him, but then it was on a Hood Rich DVD where he rapping on Foolish and everybody wanted that record. And I was like, man, shh, give me that record ASAP. <laughs> and he didn't even mix the record. He put the, the record and the beat off the CD on his album. So it's just like the beat. But for the radio, I end up mixing it. I was like, man, let me put, let me mix it. And that's how it ended up. But if you listen to like the version I got and the version that was on his album, it's two different versions. But damn. Yeah, that's how that happened. So he just took it raw and was like, hey, I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm on it. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, they were street dudes, so I guess they didn't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure. I'm just assuming, but yeah, you know. No, I understand. Um, you mentioned it. You mentioned the West Side, and you definitely mentioned the Pool Palace, so I was going to mention, I was going to ask you, man, you know, when Walk It Out and Two Step came out, man, like, 
I know you were around the pool palace at the time when the whole movement was bubbling, man. You know, what do you remember the most about that time? Just a hole in the wall, packed out. You get your song broken there, you can get your, it, it gonna go. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we would go there, T-Rock played the record there. Aunt was at Crucial. I was at Chocolate on the east side. So it like, we were beating them up on two different sides of town. You know, then you had some DJs playing it on the south side, but you know, that's when I was just really mashing in the head at, at, at chocolate. I had like three thousand, two to three thousand people Friday, Saturday, yeah, in a club, like with no lounge with no sofas, no couches, no none of that. Before all that. Just yeah, just in there. If you came in there with a hairdo, you count you walking out of there, not exactly. it's not gonna look, yeah, it's not gonna look the same. But that's how it was. That's how I was able to break it like that. So I was gonna ask this later, but it's a good time, man. Who were, who are some of the who some of the artists or people that you remember during that time that you saw them like kind of like dang they gonna blow up? Lil John, Lil John, and it's funny. I saw, yeah, I saw Lil John. I just was like, man, you know. He was one of them artists, like he the one doing the channel ATL. So we ended up clicking. He the one doing my name. DJ, I tell you, that's where it come from. Little Johnny Eastside Boys. So yeah, I just saw in his production. You know what I'm saying? So I saw them produce, you know, blowing up like that. That's outside the own count. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so let me ask this question. Uh you had walk it out two step. And you had low in like a short window of time, man. What like what was your mindset when all these when you were producing all these hits? Was it dang I gotta keep pushing the gas, or was it like I can't believe all this happening at once? Both. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't believe all this was happening, but I was like, damn, this shit is dope. And at the same time, it's like I gotta keep going. I'm trying to find more hit records. I'm trying to do this. Yeah, and it's like that to the day, you know what I'm saying? Especially working with uh our younger producers, Big Corey, Lil Randy, and New Drip, you know what I'm saying? And um, 706, you know, just trying to make sure that they get this in, uh, chance to see the same thing. So the motivation's still there, you know, even after those hits. Hey. I know what it brings. I know what kind of money that you can see once you get that kind of stuff rolling. So to have that again, it ain't, you know, that'll be fun all over. Damn. Okay. Okay. Uh, how did you connect with T-Pain? Uh, I knew him from a group called Nappy Heads. Yeah. Now, um, they used to come to the Atrium Rock Out, but I knew all of them through, you know, the group because we seen each other all the time. We crossed paths when I either go to, they used to come here to the Atrium or I'd be down in Tallahassee or something DJing. And then, um, his song Strong blew up. And one day we saw each other at the airport. He was like, DJ, Montay. You know, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but I was like, shit, let's link up. Because that's when Strong was going crazy and stuff like that. And I was like, let's link up. You know, I gave him my cell phone number. And I hit him up like, bro, I need you on this two-step. He was like, shoot, send it to me. He did it. Sent it right back. And that's how that happened. Damn. Then, you know, after that, I don't know what happened with him and his DJ before, but then he called me like, bro, I need you to hit the road with me. So I ain't bet. Let's go. I guess he had auditions before, but then, you know, 
we end up clicking. We've been on the road together for like eight, nine years, maybe. Damn. Mm -hmm. Man, I, I want to ask you, because I heard Jelly talk about it. He, he was talking about the energy from the nappy heads. Is that, he was just talking about every time that y'all would kind of interact with him, he said y'all would always have to kind of like fight to keep the attention of the crowd because their crew was real, you know, hyping. They brought the energy to Man, when I tell you each one of them, it was like a, a routine. Like, you ain't never seen this kind of shit ever, but they, the boys at a stage performance, that was some serious. And Payne still carry that stage performance to this day. Like, he wanted a few artists that I know that get up there and just rock the stage from left to right and have full energy for a whole hour. But yeah, them boys had the energy. So, let me ask you this, Monte. What do you enjoy the most about working with T-Pain? Um... Me and him get to work on records, you know what I'm saying? And it's a couple of them. It's just me and him still get to work on records and we get to travel. He done seen it all, but I'd be like, shit, you know, I, still love, I love the travel part of it, but that's it. Okay, okay. Um, I asked it before, but I just think it's good to clarify. If, when people talk about the Southern Style DJs, who are the Southern Style DJs? Like, who are the members of the Southern Style DJs? Well, right now, the new members are me, DJ Jelly, DJ Super Blue, and MC Assault. We recruit new DJs now, as we speak. But right now, that's the foundation, and that's us. You know what I'm saying? Um, and we still do mixes. Like, we got mixes up on a website called www.mixtapemonsters.com. And uh, we do that. And um, that's the foundation. We on radio. I'm on Hot 107.9, Monday through Friday. Um, I do 8 to 9 with Incognito. Jelly do radio stations. He on like five or six maybe stations. Super Blue, me and him be just going back and forth doing radio mixes and stuff like that. But that's it. We the Southern Style DJs. Man, you know, I just got my Mixtape Mobster subscription, man. My older brother was like, take one for the team, dog. I done got all the other subscriptions. I said, I got you, bro. So, yeah, appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you. Nah, man, it's it's all good because we we want to hear the mixes. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So let me ask that, Dan. You know, I know I know of it, but what are some records that you know that you guys helped break that people don't really know about? Like when I heard "Who You With" was something y'all broke, I was like, "Damn, y'all broke that in Freak Neck." Mm -hmm. you know, like, what are some other records that y'all broke that we may not have like known? I know Jelly with, with uh, Players Ball. <laughs> like, shit, it's, it's a lot, man. It is, man. It's like everything. You know, like I was saying, Crime Mob, like Jelly Hay, Hands on Good Mob, and Outcast. You know what I'm saying? So it's just different artists at different times. You know, Jelly Hay, he is. Jelly especially broke. He, set, he helped set off, like, Sam Sam, one of our first artists to ever just become big. At big on records, he the one set out the labels, and Jello was one of the people that broke that. So that was history for me. Got you. That was dope. So I know you've been getting this a lot lately, but how does it feel as a producer to have a diamond record? Um, I don't know, man, because it's like to know that you like one of sixty something records. To be diamond, that's big for me. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't mind to have more, but it's still huge. You know what I'm saying? Just here in the United States to have 
them diamond records like that. It's just that's crazy, man. Yeah, that's big, man. So I just I take it in a day at a time, especially uh Florida just post something today with his big old plaque, diamond plaque and his diamond award. I like damn, I was just a part of that, you know. That's just huge, you know what I'm saying? But it's a it's a good feeling, man. My kids know about it. They love it. You know, they just inspire them to do something of their own when they grow up. So that's that's a good feeling. You see that it could be done without having to go in and clock in to work or something like that, you know. That's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Hey, Definitely. So Monte, let me ask this. You know, what's the difference between you as a producer back when like Low was coming out and now what's is there a difference? No, I'm the same person. I, for me, back then when I made that beat, it was just something I did. I stepped outside my box of making rap beats, you know what I'm saying? And I, that's how I am now, you know what I'm saying? I stepped into the R&B world, producing Shantae Renee stuff, and and I did some pop stuff. I've been doing some EDM remixes. Like, I step outside just to explore and try the thing. Man, that's just me, man. I just really never just been stuck wanting to do one thing like that. Never ever in my life, so I'm always looking at for the next high, should I say, you know what I'm saying? But that's me. I just can't get stuck in the box. You know, you just made a good point talking about how you kind of been able to switch lanes. So what, yeah. what's been the hardest or what's been the biggest challenge for you as a producer? Like, is it has it been making a certain sound, working with certain artists? Like, what's been the biggest artistic challenge as a producer for you? Artistically, it's just everybody doing the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So just finding something different from what everybody else is doing without using the same drum stuff. You know, it's just, you know, I hate to say it, but like back then, everybody can afford this. Everybody can do it. Everybody want to be able to be a producer. Everybody want to be able to be a rapper. And so they made that accessible for everybody, you know, it's just kind of oversaturated. So now, you know, if an artist is looking at somebody charging $200 a beat, you got to compete with it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, shoot, let go. You know, I don't even want nothing sometimes. But if you're working with a budget, then we're going to get the money. I feel that. But, but that's just, that's the only really downside to it is just everybody doing it. You know what I'm saying? And that's what makes it the competition a little bit. Yeah, because cause now everybody has the access to it. Yeah, it's just like back then, it wasn't that many cars. People weren't making that many cars. You got Ford, Dodge, and maybe Chevy, and, you know, yeah, that was it. A Cadillac. Now you look, you got cars everywhere. You got ledger cars, gas, like, you know what I'm saying? But it's just the competition. You just got to stay relevant, stay out here networking and stuff. So that's what I like to try to keep going. So, Monte, you made a good point about, you know, having like to kind of differentiate differentiate yourself from everybody. So if somebody were to ask you, what's your signature sound, what would you tell them? Then would have been my 808s. You know what I'm saying? My pattern is just going to be something that keep you partying all the time. Like even with that T-Pain, I like that record. It was just on some club, sexy vibe type stuff. So. Right now, that would be it. But other than that, if you don't hear that on count production tag, then you know it ain't us. 
Um, speaking of the, I like that record, you know, how did that uh, collaboration come to be? Like, I get T-Pain, but how did everybody get involved with the, the record that got involved with it? Uh, well, really, um, it was a record that I was doing for Shantae. Um, she gave me the idea of doing it. And at first, I didn't know how I was going to do it. Then I took the time out, just made a little, got the little first part of the uh, Buy Your Drink. Took that, sped it up, played some keys over it. Sent it to Payne. He was on Twitch recording it, going crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I guess he felt like, shoot, I got to get down. Keep this record money. Say, let me just go on and get down. <laughs> Put it out. I like, all right, shoot, cool. You know, we can help Shantae, you know. She had a verse on there and everything. And um, we were trying to figure out who was going to either be her or uh, LMA. And somehow he got Kalani. And then, you know, next thing you know, that's just how the song came about. Like, even though Shantae didn't make it, I guess they didn't want two girls on the record. I don't know how that ended up happening, but, you know, it still ended up being a good record. Like, top 10, top five, I think, uh, rhythmic, or top, yeah, top five rhythmic. And, man, you know, sure, it's just a blessing, really. Just to have another record on the, on the charts and on the radio like that again. Once you said that, I lost my train of thought because you're right. That is 100% a blessing to be able to. Okay, all right. Now I know. Yeah, because, you know, Shantae still got co production. You know, she helped. You know, she gave me the idea. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And um, she was like, you need to do this. And I was like, all right, she was cool. You know, that's what, that's how it ended up coming about. So, Monte, let me ask this question. Um, how do you balance, you know, managing from, you know, like, managing and feeling like, hey, I don't want to be too hard, but I'm responsible for guiding your career. But I also don't want to, you know, I also want to keep in mind that I do, you know, have to be responsible and treat you like a human being. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. How do you balance the two, like the romantic and the professional? Well, you know, we're friends at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? She have her, her opinion, I have mine, but I try to keep them, you know, separate. You know, at first it was kind of hard, you know what I'm saying? But now just me growing and we both understand each other. It was like, a, at first we were going at like rams, you know what I'm saying? But then we had to calm some of it down, you know, and understood, understand that we're going after the same goal. And so we really don't even be after that, like that no more. She trusts my judgment, you know, and we just roll like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, hey, we need to do this. All right, cool, let's do it. Like right now, it's just, you know, we, we you know, we at it. That's it, really. She's the first lady of, you know, Big Old Records. What do you think she has that makes her different than artists in the game right now? To me, she has sex appeal. I don't see no female artist that's seen talented on stage and she has some sex appeal. It might be one or two, but she has that package she can perform if she had a whole hour she could do a whole hour on stage just no problem you give her a microphone she's gonna handle it no problem so that's something that she got that stands out from a lot of these artists like just sitting and stand in one place she's not like that monte let me ask you about this so with the pretty girl song y'all had y'all were sitting on that record for a minute mm-hmm 
What mm-hmm. made you decide to say, you know, I'm not going to release it now, but I'm going to wait till later to do that? I don't know, shit, just timing, you know, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess, like, that's just what guided me to put it out, you know what I'm saying? And so it ended up, it, it do good. Like, it's almost at 400,000 on YouTube. And, yeah, it's booming. Yeah, so it's going crazy, you know, so we just consistently putting out records, just hoping that people just go back and pick up and let them take off, because it's, it's a dope record. You know, it's just one of them records that is just gonna take time, you know. I yeah. think just for it to all the way kick in, but it's like she get play on radio here, you know, on my stations, and so you know, we're just doing it like that. It's real. I just felt like it was a good party record, and it was time for her. We don't put two EPs out or two albums out. Let's do something, let's switch it up, let's see how it worked with this, and then we just drop it. Okay, okay. Um let me ask this, you know, what what milestones do you still want to conquer at this point? You got Diamond Record, you know, you've had tremendous success. You probably, you know, arguably, without a doubt, probably one of the biggest producers out the city. What other milestones do you want to conquer at this point? What else is left for you to, to want at this point? Man, I want some more Diamond Records, I ain't gonna lie. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna just settle with just that one. If I could do it one time, I believe I can do it again. I feel that. And then I want to um, step out and just do like big stages. You know what I'm saying? Like just see how the EDM world is, become one of them icons in that 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 realm. And just you know cross over a little bit. Just I don't know. I might put together an album too. Just the the do that one time. Just see how that work out. So I'm I don't know. I you just never know with me. I just be trying everything. I don't start doing artwork. I don't do all kind of stuff. So I just <laughs> I just try everything, man. I really just keep myself busy, my mind going. Nah, my mind don't even let me rest. So I can't even sleep at night really. Cause I have ideas that I want to do when I wake up. That's probably why you've been successful this long though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Man, um, what do you want people to remember about Big Home Records? That we helped pave the way for a lot of these down south artists and the sound that goes on that we helped put that stamp. We had to fight for that sound. You know, people want to just accept it to it like it is now. Especially all over the world. You can go listen to a West Coast dude with that same kind of beat. Like, it's just... Big on records, we fought for that kind of sound. Like, people wanted my 808s. They were like, man, where that 808 at that you had on this song? You can't have, we had, it was a sauce, everybody couldn't have it back then. We just made that into a thing. But we paved the way for that sound. That's what I want everybody to recognize for Big on Records in Atlanta, period. Like, we showed you how to market and DJ Jelly had a party. We showed you how to, Lace up the city with posters and stuff everywhere. So people started doing it. You know what I'm saying? We we did it so much it became a fine for posting, you know, hanging Damn. posters up on a on a um on the thing now. So it is man, we just I want people to know like all that guerrilla marketing and yeah, that was y'all. that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was us. We, we just didn't give a fuck. So Monte, let me ask this then. Um, I know what you're gonna say, cause I know where you're from. 
which side of Atlanta has contributed more to the game? Mm. Is it the west side? Is it the south side? Is it the east side? Man, I can't even say, though, because you got people out of everywhere that did good. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to say Atlanta just to keep my faith all good. But Atlanta just – because you got to think. You got Gucci Man, I'm zone six. That's still Atlanta. Yeah. I'm saying east side of Atlanta. You got franchise boys and Uncle Oliver's. That's west side part of Atlanta. You got Walker, Lotto, everybody. Outside, you know, yeah. Outside part of Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? So – Got the Migos. I mean, you got the Migos. That's the yeah, so it's like, you know, everybody that had a stamp in making Atlanta just a great city. And, you know, I don't want to discredit no side of the city. I just want to say Atlanta as a whole. You got Outkick as one of the biggest groups that come out of Ben Hill, so, you know, SWATs. You got one of, you got, you got one of the big producers, Polo the Dunn, that come out of Zone four, so, so to me. You know, I come out of the same area. So it's like you got Sierra, you got all kind of people, man. Like Sean <laughs> yeah, like it's like I can't not JD. say <laughs> Yeah. So I for me, I just rather just say Atlanta because Atlanta is really a whole circle. I just, yeah. I think that's the best answer because that's how I feel about it too. It's just it's as long as it's the A, it don't even matter. Yeah, as long as it's the A and Atlanta's winning, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got producers that came out of, like, we uh, make a big stamp. You know what I'm saying? Metro, Southside, us. It's like, there's a lot of folks. You know what I'm saying? It's like, how can you just say this side is greater than the other side when we all done contributed to making Atlanta, Atlanta? Nah, that's real. But John and them graduated from Mays High School, so it's like, you know, it's Atlanta. So your future come from the east side. I was just about to say future, the young scooter. I mean, you can oh, keep yeah. going. You know what I'm saying? And it just you got it's your not, you just got representatives from each side. Yeah. So then let me ask this then, Monte. Um, who are some artists in this generation that you listen to? They could be from Atlanta, just in general. Man, I ain't gonna lie, I listen to Lil Baby. Like, he be rocking out, so I fucks with his music. Okay. Okay. Um, um question. That's like one of the main artists. That's one of the main ones. Get more placements throughout this year, you know what I'm saying? Along with myself, helping the artists get out there as much as I can, you know, as much time as I, that I can. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because the radio stuff and traveling with T Pain is kind of. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. You know what I'm saying? Even for Shantae staying with me, it's just not, she don't get the time like that. But you know what I'm saying? Just. My, I, I got my hands on a little bit of everything. So just trying to manage that time to make sure everybody come out and be successful this year. That's what I'm looking forward to. Monte, I got maybe one or two more questions because I know I got to respect the time. Um, with the new generation of produ uh, producers, 
what do you want people to know about them? Like what, like, because people are used to a certain sound with big on records. What do you want people to know about the new group of producers like Corey, like Dota, like 706? What do you want them to know? Man, all of them creative in their own way. You know what I'm saying? Um, they bring different elements. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is, you know? Like, just be on the lookout. You just never know what to expect from none of them. You know, everybody done had some placements. And it's just, they got their own sound. You know, you're going to recognize them soon. So it's just knowing how, remember how uh, Master P had Beats by the Pound, KLC, everybody. So mm-hmm. you're going to know when everybody got it. We're going to be just building that chemistry for Big on Records and making sure that it's just everybody has a different sound. Okay. Um, got for. Okay. And and last, um, do you feel like you've done enough at this point for you to have a biopic or a story about your life, or is there still more to accomplish before then? Um, I can say for sure that it's I have enough right now for a movie, but. It won't complete. It won't be complete till I reach that little point where I want to get. But I still have enough right now. I think to me, to to make a movie. You know what I'm saying? Of course, like Tom Brady, you want to go out with a Super Bowl. So shit, you know that's how I would like to go out. Too, you gotta keep playing. Yeah, you gotta keep playing. I ain't ready to retire. I love it too much. You know what I'm saying? So I have enough for a movie, I think. Just my journey alone, just how I got down with it, and things that I've seen, we all do. All of us do. Like we, if we had put together a movie, you got enough just to see from the whole oomph count. Just everybody have different stories, man. So that that would be a crazy movie itself. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely think y'all do, man. Um, just said what you said. He said, uh, it ain't over yet, though. He said, we got to we gotta go out on top. And he said, that way we can see the up, the middle, and the up again. And I feel it. Man, we got artists that that are dope. You know what I'm saying? That I think they're just going to carry that shit on to a whole other thing. We just keep pushing and figuring out this whole new generation. And that's it. You know what I'm saying? You're going to see Big on Records doing something totally. They're going to be on some whole other shit. Like crazy. Last thing, Monte, can you tell people? Can you tell people when can they expect to see on camp live back? It's coming. 2022. Yeah, it's coming soon. Um the day, I'm not sure the date, but you know, just know it's coming. We don't got interviews and everything. So we're gonna put together a few episodes. That shit coming. It's, it's gonna be back. Like it's gonna make you wanna watch TV all over again. Hey, don't be crazy. Monte, I appreciate you taking time out your day to talk with me, man. You you got a million yeah, things you still got to do, but I just appreciate you, dog. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you, man. Hey, yeah. No problem.